Take a seat. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I pray specifically, I do this all the time, but for me, Father, I hope it doesn't come across as selfish, but people out there, I think you're, we all need to hear that it's not us that's getting it done. Mm. That as we try to take credit or to share in your glory. We are falling short, Lord. That when we see our victories, Lord, I pray that we look to you and praise your name. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me, all that you do through me, all the ways you use my failures and successes to further your kingdom, Lord, for your glory. May I just be an instrument, a faithful instrument, Lord. And let us learn from your word today, Lord. Let us be transformed. Thank you, Father. Amen. Yeah, amen to that, right? May God bless us today as we praise him. And we love his word. We love the fact that... uh, in a, in a world that's constantly changing and nothing seems to be uh, solid, that is. Right? Everything's new, but there's this longing in our hearts of something that's beyond today, and that's where his word is. And it's not irrelevant. It's not something that, that doesn't really touch your life. It, it very much does, and today's text is certainly one of them. And as I started the service saying, you're blessed. That's the, that's the point. It's the, really the point of this. The first 14 verses here, 3 through 14, is that you're blessed. And he's going to explain all of it. I mean, if, uh, like, this, this whole sentence, the subject is God, the verb has blessed us, and the object is us. The dr- And that's how sentence works, like John hit the ball, John is the subject, hit is the verb, Uh, the ball is what the verb does. The the, the subject is who does the action, the verb is what is the action, and the the, the object is what happens, What what, what happens. And so it's God blessed us. God has done something. What has he done? He's blessed. Who's he blessed? He's blessed us. That's, that's the sentence of this whole chapter, of these whole verses. Let me just read, we're just going to look at, unfortunately, for some of you, like, oh, you're going to take forever. Okay, we need to just look at verse 3 today. Just verse 3. <laughs> okay, let me just read verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Subject is God, verb is blessed, object is us. And then verses 3b through 14 all just expands on this. I, I have this thing called, a, 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 does anyone, anyone knows what sen- diagramming a sentence is? Okay, yeah. Okay. Woo! 
Okay, yeah, the diagrams of, of these verses is just one big tangled mess, which is what Paul does anyhow, but, but it's really big here because everything is going back to these verses. So it's this, everything is pulling out verses three through four, uh, chapter, verse three B, that is in the second part of verse three, all the way through 14 is just expanding on uh, the subject, the blessed God and Father of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Let's look at the, let's look at let's look at the subject. Three three adjectives are being used for God here: um, blessed, that He's God, and He's the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the three things. Let's talk about what blessed means. Blessed is an old word. It's one we use today, but we don't. It's one of those words that's changed meanings to a certain extent. Um, gay is a word that's changed meanings. I remember growing up with the with the Flintstones. Anybody watch the Flintstones growing up? How does that song come? How does it end? We're gonna have a gay old time. But that's. That's not what it means today. What it meant then is we're going to have a happy time. We're going to have a festive time. We're going to have a great time. That's what it means today. Same thing with blessed. We, we get a little twisted what it could mean. In Greek, this, this word in Greek means, it means praiseworthy, fortunate, happy. It's kind of this, this that something good, something worth being praised, you have, you're fortunate there's a blessing that you got to use that to use the way we think of it that there's something good that's occurred to you and that good thing should make you happy there's something good about you there's something praiseworthy in your circumstance in your life and that is that makes you joyful that's what the greek word means and in he and 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 this word blessed first came into use in the english bible with the king james bible so what did it mean back then? Well, this is close to Webster's 1828 verse uh, dictionary. This is how it defines the word blessed. So this, when it was first put into a Bible, this is what they were thinking that word meant. Blessed means happy, prosperous in either worldly affairs or enjoying spiritual happiness and the favor of God, enjoying heavenly felicity, which means what felicity means. I looked it up. Extreme happiness. Okay. So, so in the King James Version, when they write blessed, this is the word. This is what they're thinking it means. Enjoying spiritual happiness because you have something good. For, you're fortunate. You, you, have a, you have something good that's happened to you. Right? And so, you can really translate this. It is a, he is the happy, praiseworthy God. God is happy. God is joyful. God has in himself a bubbling of enjoyment. And this, and there's, he is good. And, and, and he has in his attributes things that are worth praising. That's why some of your versions will say, praise be to. But technically, there's no be in there. There's no to there. It's just 
blessed or praiseworthy God. It is a, it, it, it's an adjective. It's a nominal adjective to get really geekish here for a moment. It's a way of, of describing the subject of the sentence. In fact, that whole thing, where is it going back here? This is all adjectives. It's called a nominal clause. A nominal means the subject of a sentence clause. And so it's, the, it's this, this one who's doing the action is the blessed one, the praiseworthy one, who is God, and he's the, and, and this, so, so to be clear, which God we're talking about, it is the God of the Father, the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. He's relational. The God of the Old Testament. What do we, you know, just briefly, when we look at, you know, this phrase of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's personal. There's a person here. It says that Jesus is, that, that the Father is a person, that Jesus is a person. It, we're talking about he's our Lord. There's a relationship here. There's a relationship with the Father, and, there's, and, and it's our relationship with him. And he's, he's, the, he's the person who's from Galilee. It's, it's set in a particular time and place in, in history. This is not just a philosophy. It's just not just an idea. It's grounded in a particular circumstance in the same way as like we're saying, well, John F. Kennedy was the president of the United States. He's a person. He's a person that actually lived. And he's the Messiah. Christ means Messiah, which connects him to the Old Testament. All the promises of the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament is Jesus. Which means, as hard as it is to hear, that in many ways you could make a case that really Jews, because they don't worship Jesus, don't worship our God. Because they're not, because Jesus is God, their God in the flesh, and they have rejected him. This is who we're talking about. This is the subject of this entire sentence. The blessed God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the divine one. The one who, who has just this wellspring of goodness. He is the source of goodness. He's the one that makes people fortunate. He's a blesser. And that is, he has blessed us. There's the verb. He has blessed us. You know, so we go back to this here. God, the blessed one, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And he did so. And so when we think about, you know, what does it mean to be blessed for us? He's made us fortunate. We've done good things to him. He's, he's done things for us that are praiseworthy for him because he did the action. He's done things for us to make that it's good for you and me. That should make us happy. Put a smile on our face. Should help us to rejoice, as Paul tells us to do. Rejoice in the Lord, in the Lord, always. And he has done this in Christ. 
God has done what action? Blessed. And he has blessed us specifically. And there's a couple of, couple of qualifiers here or explanations of what or how he has done this. And, and a lot of it has to do with this phrase, in Christ. And a way of looking at that is the is the, this idea of in being the instrument of, the location of, of all of these blessings. Instrument, location of the blessing. That it is through our connection, our participation, as some of them put it, with Jesus that we have these blessings. He is the location. He is, he is the instrument of it, these blessings. And it, this, is, this is something that, that Paul talks about a lot, but this book is really filled with how much, how much we have been blessed, how much is affected by people being in Jesus. And in can be a location, meaning that this is where they are. If you're going to find a treasure, where do you find it? Well, let me tell you, you would use, well, it's in the box. Well, it's in Jesus. That's the location of it. But it's also this idea of, of how, the means by which it does it. Well, you know, I, I did it by flying in an airplane. The airplane's the means by which we did it. So Jesus is that, but it's also this, this sense of being located or connected to Jesus. As one puts it, the, this identifying ourselves, this somehow you being unioned, having a co deep connection, participating with Jesus in his death and resurrection. Participating with Jesus. That there's a bond that's been connected caused when you put your faith in Jesus that you are you are you're with him why do you think we call this communion that we have because there's a union a co-union we, we're again every week when we have communion we're saying once again I want you Jesus I need you Jesus it's a participating again in his death and resurrection saying Jesus your death was my death your resurrection is my hopeful resurrection, that you died for my sin on the cross, and I in you have also died to my sin and for my sin. There's this connection, and we can see this. This is explained a lot in Romans chapter 6. Just to pull out a little piece of it, it says, Paul says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his Death. And baptism, you need to understand, it, in one sense, it's the physical dunking. But more than just that, it's that public declaration to the world that you are his. You've been baptized. You've been saying, I publicly say, I want you, Jesus. And when that happened, we were buried with him, which is the image of, of baptism, is that you, you're unioned with him, so just as Jesus died, you go into the water. You are buried. And in order that, I'm continuing with Paul, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too would walk in newness of life. That's the image. That's why you go down and you come back up because it's the whole image of death and resurrection that you are connected with Jesus just as Jesus died, you've died. There's this or it says here, for if we have been united with him in his death, 
we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. When a couple gets married, they share everything. All the benefits, all the faults, all the assets, and all the debts. And that's what we're talking about. We get all of Jesus' assets, that is, all of his righteousness, all of his goodness, all the blessings that he rightly has earned because of his perfect obedience to the Father. That's ours. Why? Not because I was obedient, but because he was obedient. At the same time, he gets all of your sin and my sin. He gets both, which is why he dies on the cross, so that all of your sin and mine is fully, enti entirely, already been punished on, by Jesus on the cross. This is what it means to be in Jesus that he is the location of it, this is where it's found. He is the instrument of us being blessed, blessed because of our participation with him. And so in him we are lavishly blessed with every blessing. God has blessed us in him. The blessed one the praiseworthy one, the happy God has shared his happy, fortunate stuff with us. Who, which God? The God of the Father of Jesus. He has blessed us in Christ. With what blessing? Paul then says, these blessings are all the blessings the blessings in the heavenly place all of them every last one of them now he's going to in verses 14 4 through 14 explain what these what these blessings are the forgiveness the the, the being seated with god the father all of the adoption as children on and on and on and on and on and on we're going to talk about those in the coming weeks you can wonderfully read those things but what which when we come here he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing this could be read as all of the spirits blessings the blessings that are from or by the spirit the spirits blessings to you which is why he paul a couple verses down is going to pray this paul is praying for you and me that god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that you may have your eyes opened, enlightened, so you can see that you may know the hope that you have been called. What are the riches of the inheritance of the saints? This is what he wants you to have. Well, how do we have these, these riches? How do we have this inheritance? A couple of verses earlier. In him, in Jesus, you were also sealed through, by, with the Holy Spirit. How do you get the blessings of Jesus? How do you participate with him? It is the act of the Holy Spirit bringing union, connecting you, which you get the moment you put your faith in Jesus, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. 
all spiritual blessings, all the Spirit's blessings. These are all blessed upon you. All the goodness that the Spirit can, can bestow upon you, you have them all. And these are in the heavenly realms. Just so it's just so it's not misunderstood that this does not mean that you will have a Porsche. That you will have a good job. Great health. Some of us are not well off in this world. Some of us struggle with a lot of things, money and relationships and and you know, we see friends, we see family members who are succeeding and doing fantastic, and they're like, I've been serving Jesus. How come I don't have these blessings? Well, God never promised you these blessings. Those aren't the blessings you have in Jesus. The blessings you have are in a different realm, in the heavenly realms. They're the ones that he's going to talk about in verses 4 through 14. Those are your blessings. Now, yes, it doesn't mean that we might not have these blessings in this life, and God may certainly bless some of us this way. Fantastic, praise be to God for that. But that's not guaranteed. The guarantee is the heavenly blessings. And our challenge is to see and to appreciate those. This is part of our problem. Is we can go, yeah, Jesus has forgiven me, okay. But what does that mean? And is it really that big a deal? Sometimes when I, at least for me personally, when I hear the word, I have a spiritual blessing, there's a little piece of me that goes, yeah, but those aren't really, really real. real. Anyone else feel that way? Yeah, yeah, it's spiritual. Spiritual is another way of saying hypothetical. Now, we wouldn't say this bluntly, but I, I, I just, I, I don't think I'm alone that feels like, yeah, I have all the spiritual blessings, but I sure would like some material ones. Right? Come on, let's be real. The, the, the challenge is to see these spiritual heavenly blessings and appreciate that they really are that good. Let me tell you a story. In 2018, a 70-year-old woman was selling her house. And so she, she did what some people will do, or, you know, who has, they think they might have something valuable. They, they, they bring in an appraiser, like, so I, I need a downsize here. Can, what can I get for my stuff? So they did that. And they're going through the house, and they're saying, yeah, yeah, this, and yeah, this is $100 here, and that. And then they stop in front of a painting that's been in the family for generations. And they go, That looks like a Da Vinci. This is a real story. She goes, no, 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 no. That, that, that's, that's been in our family forever. It, it's, it's a fake. It's got to be, a, it's a fake. He goes, I don't know. They have it appraised. And this painting that had been in their family, their great-grandfather's aunt had bought it in Europe who the seller thought it was a fake. It wasn't. It was a lost Da Vinci worth almost $500 million. Now, she appreciated the painting. It was a wonderful painting. 
good enough to pass on from generation to generation. I have paintings like that my grandma had in my house. It's like, I love the picture. It's a great picture. But it's different when you realize, no, 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 no. That's a Da Vinci. Worth $500 million. See, I think this is what we do with the spiritual blessings. We go, it's a nice benefit. I love it on my wall. But you don't realize it's worth millions. It's priceless. And so we treat it like any other piece of thing. You are blessed more than you can imagine. And the challenge is to appreciate it. And our culture shoves it down our throats every day that the only thing that matters is what you own. The one who wins with the most toys wins. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. As Jesus put it, who cares if you win the whole world and you lose your soul? What does it profit you? The answer, zero. So some of our friends and our neighbors and our, friend and our family members might be extremely well off in the world, but if they don't know Jesus, they are poor. They're, they're, they're destitute. And you who have nothing but Jesus, you have everything. Appreciate it. And that's going to be hard as we walk through verse 4 through 14, as I lay out over and over, you're adopted, you're predestined, you're, you're going to be conformed to the image of his son, you're forgiven, you, you have an inheritance. What's your inheritance? It's everything. You need to appreciate it. And I can't make that for you. You've got to decide that it's worth something. You have been blessed by God of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us in Jesus Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. This is who you are. This is who you are. And if you need to remind yourself, maybe you just take a sticky note, right? I am blessed and you Put it in your bathroom mirror so you see it every day of your life to remind you that, yeah, in Jesus, I am blessed. I may not see it. The world may not appreciate it, but I'm going to appreciate that I have been incredibly lavishly blessed by Jesus. Find a way to remind yourself to appreciate the significance of the blessings you've been given. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love that you have lavished on us in Jesus Christ. Help us to not undervalue your incredible riches that you've given us. And Lord, forgive us of our times when we, we haven't appreciated that we've looked on our neighbors with envy. Help us to, to appreciate the blessings that we might give you the praise that you are so desperately, so very, very, very much worthy of.
that song the first time I heard it. I did. Oh, my gosh. But it's about identity, and I didn't get that at first, right? You are good, and I am loved by you. And I, I haven't said this in a few years, but every once in a while I reflect on how we respond to being loved. And I think the older we get, we forget that, uh, but if you can reflect upon that first time that somebody reciprocated your romantic affection and the way that transformed the way that you looked at the world, all of a sudden things were very different. Mom, let me do the dishes because I love you, Mom, because Susie likes me. You know, that, <clears throat> that somehow, going back to what Brian was saying, that we don't process it the same way, the, the blessings of, uh, from God or the blessing of that eternal uh, worship of him the same way that we do kind of our earthly stuff. And if we process the love of God and knowing our value in him and the way that we process the affection of a, a young person in our first romantic relationship, wouldn't we respond to the world in a completely different way? Like, holy cow, mom, I will continue to do the dishes and I will never gripe about them again because God loves me so much. Anyway, that's what that song was making me think about. So thank you for letting me share. Um, this next song makes me think of my dad. So we're, because um, he loved the word Abba, which means daddy. This is a good time. Joe, I, I'm going to add a song at the very end. This is good. Uh, yeah, keep going. Do doxology. Acapella. <laughs> Who knows that song? Praise, Praise God from whom all blessings. See, yeah, we're yeah. going to end with that. It's very brief. So it's a great moment to, to, to put that out there. All right. We're coming to communion. It's the place where all the blessings come. Blessings you haven't earned, but have been granted to you in Jesus. He's the location of it. He's the instrument by which it comes to you through your participation in his death and resurrection, through, your, through the union with you through his Holy Spirit. As you come today going, Jesus, I just simply need you. If you want to simplify it, just this. You just say, Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. I, I, I need you, God. I need you. I need you because I need you. And I'm trusting that you will bless me because I'm just saying I need you. That's what you need to come to today. To once again today say, Jesus, thank you. So come to the table as we sing this next song. which is, and I'm not saying bread blessed. We're still doing bread blessed. We'll just end the very last one today. Oh, man. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and says this, this is my body given for you. And he went to the cross. And, have, and the Father laid on him all of your sin because you're united with him. And there he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, we all like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord laid on him the sin of us all, the iniquity of us all. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. Which 
between God and man, between you and the Father. Pour it out for the forgiveness of sins. Would you come to the table? Take the elements. We'll share them together um, after we sing the song, Bread Blessed. Um, and we'll remember how good God is to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that uh, from, you, from you all blessings flow. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for that you, that you are not a stingy God, that you are a happy God who loves to just overflow and just give such goodness to us, and that you have purchased that for us in Jesus, the le not the least of which is forgiveness. So thank you for that. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. The bread and body of Christ given for you. Let's end with that, the doxology. I'm just giving you the note. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Praise God today for his blessings. Dismissed. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Business meeting. And now with my mic off, business meeting. <laughs>